Thank you very much, Anita. In light of God's care for us, in light of Christ's care for us, we should be desiring to be sensitive to Scripture and living in light of Scripture. We dealt with manhood. We dealt with womanhood. We dealt with fatherhood, motherhood. We talked about God's glory, and we discussed resources that we have been given in Christ to live in a godly way. So this morning we want to talk about childhood. What is biblical childhood? And we will continue that tonight. Now we'd pose a question, again a thought question, not looking for response. When is a child free? When is a child free? A second question, who is responsible for a child's obedience to his or her parents? Who is responsible for a child's obedience to his or her parents? Now, I need a volunteer, like a child, if someone's willing to volunteer, to come up here and see what they can do. Eric. I have my bucket of blocks here again. I don't have any balls this morning. What I would like Eric to do is to take these blocks and build a house at this level. Right here in midair, I would like you to build a house in about two feet from the table. Think you can handle that? Okay, I'll, I'll peck on you later again, give you something you can try. But I want you to think about trying to build a house here in midair is like a child trying to be what God wants them to be without being responsive to their parents. A child who is not willing to live in light of Ephesians 6 and Colossians 3 and some passages in Proverbs is trying to build a house in midair. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And as you're turning to Ephesians chapter 6, please keep in mind that Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 talks about our relationship with Christ, who we are in Christ. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 talks about our relationship with the body of Christ, our, relationship, our relationships with other people. So we're dealing with the vertical in chapters 1, 2, and 3, 4, 5, and 6, how to live horizontally with other people. And in chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Paul says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, Paul is speaking to children, and he says they are to obey. The definition obey means to listen. Obey means to render or give submissive acceptance. Obey means to be submissive. And we're dealing with that obedience, that submissiveness, that listening, an attitude of the heart, not mere action. No, obeying from the attitude of the heart, the inner person, not like the boy who said, well, I'm sitting down outside, but I'm standing up inside. You know, the child obeying from the heart, the motive, the attitude, 
the inner thinking, listening, and responding. Children, obey who is to be obeyed, your parents. The tense is present imperative. We're dealing with continual action to obey. A child having a lifestyle of listening to, submissiveness to, parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. How is it to be done in the Lord? Obedience to parents is obedience to the Lord. And obedience to the Lord is obedience to parents. How does a child obey God? By obeying parents. How do they obey parents? If they're obeying parents, they're obeying God. We're dealing that with, with that which God commands and God desires. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. That's the reason. Why obey? It's right. It's just. It's correct. This is what children are to be. And that obedience gives freedom. As you observe children, sometimes ask yourself, is this child free or is this child not free? Freedom comes as a child is obedient to mom and dad because that's the severe that God designed them to live in. To obey mom and dad. It's right. That's what gives freedom. So if you're a child, you're free when you're seeking to be responsive to mom and dad, listening to them, rendering obedience, and so on. If you catch a fish and you put it out on the shore, you remove the fish from its freedom. You take a car and decide you're going to drive it into the lake. You removed its freedom because the car was designed to run on a road. Freedom is not freedom from rules and so on. Freedom is living in the design, the area for which God created you. He goes on, honor your father and mother. Honor means to estimate in respect of worth. Estimate in respect of worth. Parents are worth much. A child thinking, mom, dad, are worth much. Valuing them in respect of worth. And I'm not talking monetary value, by the way. They give me a lot of things. It means to hold in respect. To reverence, a child reverencing or respecting mom and dad. It involves to honor with reverent service. So dad would say, when we were in the process of cleaning chicken pen, okay, guys, when you're done with your barn work this morning, taking care of the steers and gathering the eggs, we're going to clean chicken pen. Dad, we did yesterday, I know. We did the day before, I know. We did the day before, I know. We did the day before, I know. But we're going to do it again. Honor with reverent service. Yes, sir. We'll go and we'll do it. To manifest consideration towards. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. The first commandment 
with a promise. Listen as I read from Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. One of the Ten Commandments, as they're commonly referred to, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. First of the Ten Commandments with a promise. First, a commandment of foremost significance. For a child to obey, to honor mom and dad is of foremost significance. Very, very important. But it does come with a promise that it may go well with you. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that it may be good in your life, it is right, you're going to be happy. And I'm using that maybe in a sense that could be more content. It's a promise. Children, honor your parents, that it may go well with you. I made it one of the things in my life to observe children. As children move into adulthood and see what happens with children in adulthood and then compare it to how they honored their parents. There's a direct parallel between honoring one's parents and what happens in their life as adults. He says that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. You can have an or a rebellious child and they may grow up and still be rebellious and live long but their life on earth is not enjoyable honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth In Colossians chapter 3, we find that the Apostle Paul says to children, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And again, Colossians 1 and 2, he's talking about Christ, who we are in Christ. Colossians 3 and 4, how to live that out. Obey, we already defined as to listen the idea of submissiveness, but he says obey in everything. No picking and choosing what to obey. I don't feel like cleaning my room. I know mom and dad said that. I don't feel like doing it. I'm not going to do it. No, obey in everything. Well, my parents told me that I'm to set the table. I don't feel like obeying mom in this case. I'm just not going to obey. No, obey in everything. We're dealing with a lifestyle of obedience. So if I were to go to someone and say, um, you know Jalen, and I would like for you to tell me if Jalen has a lifestyle of obeying her parents. You know, we develop lifestyles of how we respond to our parents. Obeying everything. 
kind of a lifestyle of obedience. So I go to some kids at school and I say, hey, uh, you know Ben Krause. Do you think he has a pattern of obeying his mom and dad? Give me your response. No, we develop patterns. Every child at least once disobeys mom and dad. <laughs> I'm being very gracious. <laughs> More than once. But overall, what's a pattern of life? Paul says obey in everything. This obedience pleases the Lord. How can a child please God? By obeying mom and dad and everything is acceptable to the Lord. It is well-pleasing. It's well-pleasing to whom? The Lord, the master. Children, obey your parents in everything. You know, that submissive mindset, that willingness to listen, that willingness to act on what they say. I have a question. Who is responsible for children obeying their parents? Follow that up with another question. Can parents make their children obey and honor them? Well, think about it. Can parents make their children obey and honor them? How many times do parents think, I will make you obey? You can't. The command is given to children. When I, as a parent, try to make my kids obey, I've taken my focus off of myself to train and to instruct and put their focus on myself. The command is given to children. Children, obey your parents. Honor your parents and the Lord, for this is right. I'm going to make you obey me. Parents, you're not going to make them obey. It's a choice on their part. They are responsible. When they don't obey and honor you, don't demand, don't fuss as a parent, don't speak 20 times. Simply remind your child that they have disobeyed God, that you want to obey God, and then you correct them if that is what is called at the time for at the time. Speaking repeatedly actually teaches them to disobey because you're taking your responsibility or their responsibility on yourself. Speak. You're done. They didn't obey. Then correct or instruct whatever the need may be. When we take the child's responsibility upon ourselves as parents, we get into trouble. We exasperate and embitter our children. Now think about God and how God parents. God spoke to Adam. According to the text of Scripture, Adam, take care of the garden. Don't eat a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam, Take care of the garden. Don't eat a tree of good knowledge, knowledge, good and evil. Adam, no. One time. Adam was to instruct Eve. And the serpent came to tempt Eve. And God said, oh, 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 Eve, hold it. No. 
God let her eat of the fruit. He let her give to Adam. Adam ate. Then God responded. Well, I want to keep my child from disobeying. That's not your job. Children, it's your job to obey. Think about Cain. Cain did not bring an acceptable sacrifice to God. And God said, Cain, you know, you bring acceptable sacrifice and everything will be fine. And what did Cain do? Cain went out and murdered his brother. God didn't try to stop him. God approached him after he killed his brother. Think about Noah. God came to Noah and said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. And Noah went out and built an ark. He was obedient. God came to Abraham. Abraham, I'm making a promise. We know that Abraham had some disobedience. He tried to help God along with Hagar, you know, and have a child by her. Then God approached him. Think about Moses. God said to Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. Now, the first time, he was to strike the rock. The next time, God said, I want you to speak to the rock. Moses apparently struggled with anger sometimes, and he went and struck the rock twice. And God said, Moses, you're not going to enter the promised land because you struck the rock. Children are to obey. But parents cannot make them obey. That's a child's choice to obey or to, to disobey. Children, maturity comes from you or for you as you honor and obey your parents. It is God's design. That is God's design. I want to contrast what happens in the child who obeys and honors, and I'm talking about an overall pattern of life, versus the child who has a pattern of life of disobedience and not honoring. If they obey, there's a dependency upon. They disobey, there's an independent mindset, let me go. If they obey, that brings wisdom. If they disobey, that brings foolishness. If they obey, they're an enjoyment to be around. If they disobey, they're miserable because they're outside of the design that God made for them. When your kids are miserable, it's probably related to disobedience. When your kids are miserable, it's probably related to disobedience. Obedience and honoring, contentment. This is great. It's great to learn to obey mom and dad. Demanding. When there's disobedience, the demanding and growing bitterness, I want my way. Obedience. You move closer to God. Disobedience. You move away from God. Obedience. You tend to develop another centered life. Disobedience or dishonoring a self-centered, selfish life. Obedience, a desire to be with parents. Disobedience, a desire to be with peers. Obedience, a desire to be what is, or desire for what is best for the family. Disobedience, what I want, whether it be music, 
games, activities, movies, and so on. Obedience, seek parents' counsel concerning friends, concerning music, concerning games. Disobedience. would pursue what self wants. Obedience, open. Disobedience, protecting self. Obedience, honoring godly qualities, fruit of the Spirit. Disobedience, more of the works of the flesh. Obedience, seeks to obey other authorities at school, the church, the government. Disobedience, resist other authorities, school, government, and church. Children, what will you choose? God, I want a lifestyle of obedience of honoring my parents, or I want a lifestyle of disobedience and dishonoring my parents. What do you want the direction of your life to be? Every child is going to struggle, but God, this is the direction that I want my life to be. Honoring obedience, dishonor, or disobedience. We make choices in life, and it affects us the rest of our lives. I made choices when I was a kid. I'm reaping the consequences at the present time. What I did in responding to mom and dad, how I responded to them in the first 12 years of my life has left a marked impact on my life today. Well, you say, Pastor, what about the teen years? Just leave them alone for the moment. See, God does not call us to obey without providing the resources that we need. In Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 20, Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. And part of his prayer is that believers might grasp the power that is at work within them, the power that is beyond what we can ask or comprehend, the power that raised Christ from the dead. And as you take Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and put them together, there's a power that is available to obey God that is beyond what we can ask or comprehend. God, Dad's asking me the impossible. But your power is for the impossible, isn't it? Mom... This is the second time she has yelled at me. And I'm supposed to listen to her? Yeah, you're not responsible for whether mom yells or not. You're only responsible for the obedience and honoring. Remember, there's a power available to you that is beyond what I can ask or comprehend. 
In Colossians chapter 2 and verses 6 through 12, we discussed, I think it was two weeks ago, Paul talks about the fact that in Christ we're rooted in him, we're strengthened in the faith, we're following Christ, we're dead to the sin nature. God has given us the resources. He's not asking the impossible. Obey. That brings freedom. So those of you who are children, what's your choice? Do you want to obey? Do you want to honor? Do you want to disobey? Do you want to dishonor? We set the course of our life. It has a long-term impact. And I understand very well that at times we disobey as children. And if we go very far in the disobedience dishonoring category, then there's a need for a genuine repentance. My focus is wrong here. I need to repent. And God is in his grace works in our lives. Some of us here have had probably a rebellious streak when we were growing up for longer than we would have liked. But God in grace works, he heals, he brings change into our lives, whether it be children or otherwise. I'll share some practical pointers for children in light of Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 and Colossians 3 and verse 20. Often meditate upon the freedom that comes with obeying and honoring your parents. There's freedom that comes from obeying mom and dad. That's what you were created for, a freedom. Express to your parents often your desire to obey and honor them. Hey, dad. Hey, mom. I want to obey you. I want to honor you. Will you pray for me? Hey, Dad, hey, Mom, I want to honor you. I want to obey you. I want that to be the pattern of my life. Tell them. I don't think there's anything out of order with that. I tell God over and over again, God, I I love you. I want to obey you because obedience is part of honoring you and walking with you. God, I want to obey. So expressing that to parents. When you disobey and fail to honor your parents, confess it to them and to the Lord. In other words, repent. You're going along in disobedience, and God gets a hold of you. Ah, I've been disobedient in the heart as well as the action. God, I was wrong. Mom and Dad, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Meditate upon the fact that you obey and honor your, or honor the Lord by obeying and honoring your parents. No obey, no honor parents. No obey, no honor the Lord. How does a child obey and honor parents? Or I mean honor the Lord by obeying and honoring parents. As you get older, and don't be too picky on the ages that I list here. As you get older, ask your parents to share their thinking, their reasons behind what they ask you to do. However, don't demand and obey and honor even if they don't give you an answer. You say, why? 
so that you learn to think, you learn to reason, you're developing an inner character. And I was a teenager when this happened, but Dad sent me to the backfield to do some disking. And he said, Dan, stay away from the wet spots. Why, Dad? You get too close, you're going to get stuck. You get too close, you can get in the wet spot, you're going to make the ground hard and it won't produce well. Let it dry out, then we'll work that spot. Lo and behold, you know, Dan's trying to get as close as possible, I get stuck. But I did ask Dad the reason. Don't be afraid to ask. But even if parents give you no reason, still obey, still honor. And parents, I would encourage you as your children get older to give reasons for what you ask them to do so that they're developing as a person. By the time you are seven to nine, your overall pattern should be obedience when spoken to once. Your parents shouldn't have to repeat a second or third time. Say, so why'd you pick seven to nine? Well, if you want to pick eight, nine, and ten, that's okay. But a pattern of obedience when spoken to once. Now that's going to take the part mom and dad working at that too, not telling 50 times. You say that's impossible. Well, Christ doesn't seem to think so. See, we struggle with a statement like that is, or one of the reasons we struggle with a statement like that is that I think we have come so far away from what God designed that we don't even see how God parents and how God responds. In my own life, I can picture this as a reality. Because mom and dad, my parents, did not repeat a second time. And I think it's because they were seeking to live out the image of God. By the time you're 12 or 13, you should display adult qualities to the extent that your parents may not have to ask you or tell you to do things. You already know their heart and their desires. Why does a 13-year-old have to be told something when they have been told it repeatedly and they've been trained, they should know? Well, you say 12 or 13, that's pretty young. You stop to consider that in Bible times, some 14 and 15-year-olds were probably having their own children. And again, I'm using my parents as an example. By the time we were 11 or 12, Dad did not tell us what had to be done at the barn. We got home from school and we went out and did what had to be done. And we even saw things that he, we didn't think had to be done that we would do just from 
Dad interacting with us. I know the la this last statement sounds unreal. The reason is that we have gone so far from God that we don't experience God's blessing. Teens, starting with 13 years on, your pattern of life should be such. Surrender to God that there is little need for your parents to give commands each day because you're displaying godly adult qualities. You say, why do you pick on the teen? Why are you starting with the teen years? Because in Scripture, we have children, and we have adults, and we have older adults. We don't have that thing called teenager years. Think about it. As children move into young adult years, into their teen years, and I use the term adult for, young ad or for teen years, and they have been developing adult qualities, many other things will fall into place. If you don't obey and honor your parents, you will not obey and honor the Lord as an adult unless there is repentance. Within the ranks of some people I grew up with, there was some wholehearted rebellion among some kids. I'm talking a pattern of rebellion, a pattern of disobedience. There's been some repentance, and God has worked marvelously in the next generation. It's not the end, but repentance is required. Obedience and honoring is to be from the heart, the attitude, the motives, the thinking, not merely an action, a humble acknowledgement that we're dependent upon your parents. Kids, you need your parents. Try to live without them. And I will take, and you want to go that route, give me a call and I will take you to a daughter, man and woman after man and woman who had a pattern of disobedience as children and they're reaping the consequence and they never repented. You need your parents. Children, again, I'm using 12 and upward should be so committed to what their parents have trained and instructed them that it is part of their lifestyle. Just parents have taught, you follow through, it's part of your lifestyle. As an example, when I was 15, I, I didn't even consider asking dad if I could go out with the guys and tear up in town. That just was not acceptable. I knew that from the time I was little up. So I, I didn't even bother asking Dad, you know, I get the car tonight, Dad. Do you care for a little rubber in the road? And why would I do a stupid thing like that? 
Dad pays for these tires, and in the goodness of his heart, he's loaning me the car tonight, he's putting gas in it, and he's not even charging me. Why would he even want to leave the rubber on the road? See, that's, you know, dad and mom trained and taught. Please understand that in Bible times, 15, 16, 17-year-olds may have been training and instructing their own children. And I'm not condoning <laughs> that for today. I'm just saying, please keep that in mind as you think about children. <clears throat> Teens, starting with 13-year-olds, I would encourage you to re- reject our unbelieving culture and even sometimes a Christian culture which promotes adolescence. Being a teen, rejecting responsibility, the teen subculture, the teen music. Be a man, be a woman. Don't wait till you're 19 or 20 or 21 to even move in that direction. Start when you're a child and you go into your young adult years. And I consider that starting at 13. Reject the whole teen adolescent mindset that wants to have your fun and sow your wild oats. I was born in 1951. My generation grew up in the late 50s and 60s. My generation developed, I'm not saying they developed, but it was present, a culture of teens and adolescents. Many of my generation is still living out their teen and adolescent years. That's the way they live. That's the way they respond today. They never have grown out of that. And that has impacted the next generation. (coughs) Children, obey and honor your parents. So that as you move into the adult years, 13, 14, and 15, you still need guidance and you still need direction because you're in the process of growing into the adult years. But being a man, be a woman. Because the concept of teenhood, adolescence, of growing from a child to an adult is not found in Scripture. There are children, adults, and older adults. There's an older man now that I know that I respect very highly and I have the freedom to go to that person if I want counsel. That older man, older than I am, by the time he was 18, he could manage a farm without his father or mother being present. And in today's economy, it'd probably be worth a couple million dollars.
how did the, that man get to that point? A mom and a dad who were committed to honoring, or rather to honoring God by instructing and training, and by a child who was willing to be obedient and honor mom and dad, and a willingness to lay aside some of what we call adolescence. As I wrap it up, please understand that we live in a broken world and a parent may seek to teach and instruct. They're going to blow it, but they're not responsible for how a child responds. A parent can do most everything right and a child still not respond. Look at some of God's children. But on the other hand, you can have a child who has parents who are not really responsive to God and maybe don't really take their responsibility serious. But as they're seeking to honor and obey their parents, God can work in their lives to build character into them, even though they may not have what they call a good upbringing. God is a God of grace. In the midst of our brokenness, he remains faithful. Eric, you want to come up here, please? Here are the blocks. I would like you to take them and try to build something on the table. So it's much different when there's a foundation there. That's what comes with obedience and honoring one's parents. It provides a foundation to build life. Thanks, Eric. Let me sit down.